0: You're listening to the Go Get Him Show with Emily Murphy. And
1: we are here to pop are. When you
0: want to succeed as
1: bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Man, I feel like a woman. Are you ready to drop the excuses and focus on results? Then you're in the right place. Each week, we'll talk health, weight loss, habits, and motivation. Let's go. Welcome to the Go Get em Show. So today I'm excited. I have Angela Smarito here with me. She's my co-host on BAD Radio. That's Business at a Distance. We get together every Sunday at noon and we talk about networking and businesses in the Central Florida area. It's been super exciting. Make sure you tune in there. But I want to introduce everybody here at the Go Get em Show to Angela
0: Thanks, Emily. Super excited to be
1: here. Yeah, I'm great to have you. And today we're going to talk about something very personal, but I love that you have made it your message and you've even started a Facebook group. It's called past the buzz. We're talking today about Angela's sobriety journey and the things that she has gone through and her experience in this whole thing and how she is helping other women by telling her story. So I really wanted her to come on here today. Angela, let me um, just ask you where this all started for you.
0: Oh, well, my drinking career was actually pretty fun, to be honest with you. Um, A lot of people that choose sobriety have some trauma in their past that's triggered them, or they come from an abusive background. See, mine's not so much. My background was just fun and drinking, and that was just kind of like a way of life. Alcoholism is a hereditary trait, so it is something that can be passed down. And my mom is an alcoholic. She's been sober for about 30 years, and so I knew that I, I always knew that I had that gene <laughs> and drinking was never a problem until I would say like about my mid forties. That's when, when you it say started-
1: problem, like, was it looking back? Was it a problem or you just didn't see it as a problem yet?
0: Like, well, when it, when it first started, I didn't see it as a problem because what was happening is, is that we would drink five nights a week and then I would get up for work and I would be hung over. And you know how that, that old saying, the hair of the dog yeah. and what that really means is that you drink on top of your hangover. And what it does is it cures those hangover symptoms to where your head is clear. You kind of feel a little giggly again, and then you can go on about your day.
1: You feel so, better enough to get up and get going. Right. Yeah. And so you didn't, when you say it wasn't a problem, right? It wasn't a problem because you were figuring out ways to keep your
0: life going. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, in my mid forties, there was very many days that I woke up and I woke up to a glass of wine or I woke wow. up to a shot of vodka and then yeah. it progressed to a point to where I had to have that. Yeah. I would wake up and I would have a, a severe anxiety and I, I give my feelings names. I give everything on my journey names. So what I call that is my, is the uglies. Mm-hmm. So when you're an alcoholic and when you're trying to sober up, when you, when you first wake up in the morning, you have a crash of what I call the uglies and it's anxiety. And what it is, is you wake up and your body's freaking out because it needs alcohol So your stomach tightens up, your hands shake, your face is swollen, and your mind is being attacked and your stomach's being attacked because it needs that fix. So your hands are super shaky. So you can actually overcome that with a drink. So Hmm. in my... Bathroom here. I had a little stash where I keep my shoes. I had a stash of those little mini vodkas that I could do a hit in the morning wow. while I was getting ready for work, so that I could get ready for work in the morning. Wow. So at that time, believe it or not, I didn't realize it didn't connect to me that that was a problem. <laughs> right? That
1: was you were <laughs> figuring it out. You
0: were like, wow, jeez. Yeah. So what was the thing? What was the turning point? I think that there was one day um, where I just got super hammered at work and I had like a little panic attack. I was sitting in my car in the Altamont mall and I had, like I said, I had a panic attack because I could not sober up. And so I called my sister and then I called Tom, my husband, and Tom came and got me Mm -hmm. and he and I both agreed that I needed to take a break. And so I did. I did for 30 days and that was my goal. It was don't drink for 30 days and I made it. Yeah. And and so I figured that I was good. (laughs) I figured, hey, if I stop for 30 days, that means that I'm not an alcoholic. It means that I've got control of this. It doesn't have control of me. And so we started drinking again. Now, Tom Mm -hmm. was a little bit more hesitant. So I made sure that I hid a a lot of the drinking that I did. So that was like the first time that that happened, but eventually that became almost a weekly or bi-weekly occurrence. And um, now that I think back, I can't even imagine the torment (laughs) that I put my mom through or my husband through, because Tom would say, he goes, when I left the house, he never knew what that day was going to turn into. He never knew if he was going to get that call of me hammered in my car saying that I did it again. Yeah, um, I mean, every
1: day is a wild card.
0: Yeah. You just don't know. I went through several different times of quitting and thinking that, and, and again, Tom... And I hate saying this about it, but Tom was easy for me to manipulate and mm-hmm. thinking that I had it under control. I'm alcoholics are we're master manipulators yeah. <laughs> because those of us that are good at it know how to make people think that we're okay. I mean, Mm. when I first started to quit drinking, I tried AA for a long time, and I even went as far as and tried sponsors, but the truth is, is that I could outsmart my sponsor. Yeah, If I didn't want to talk to my sponsor because I had been drinking that day, I would just brush my teeth real good, put some visine, you know, clean myself up enough to where I didn't look like I was under the influence, and then I would just ask them a question about themselves, (laughs) and that's one thing about alcoholics is we love to talk about ourselves. Yeah. And so I knew that I could get away with not having to speak for a whole hour if I just prompted them to talk about themselves. <laughs> and so as you can see, I was self-sabotaging. <laughs> because yeah.
1: Yeah. You were trying to figure out how to keep that and you call him the red guy alive.
0: Yeah. Right. No, the red guy was during that time, he was alive and well And the red guy is um, my Alcoholic side of my brain. It's the addictive side of my brain. And again, I like I said, I, I give everything identities. So if somebody's going through addiction or anything like that, that's the voice inside your head that makes you decide that you're going to drink, or it's like its own personality. And-
1: I love that you separate yourself from that and your character and your self worth and your. It is a different entity than you, yeah. who you are. I really love that.
0: Yes, and uh, it's how I've been able to manage it. Is the only, that's the only way I've been able to, I put things in categories and I give them names and then I deal with them on a specific level. And that is with the red guy, he's in a, And I know when he's talking to me and I'd probably sound like a complete nutcase when I say this, but this is how it works for me is when he's talking to me at first, I don't realize it. And then I, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, that's not, You know what I mean? That's the red guy. That's not me.
1: You can identify Uh, it. It's not, you know, shame of your own thoughts and just a cloudiness of your own character. It's, you know, this is something that I'm going to deal with and I love it. It's brilliant. I really want to ask you for people that are listening and who we're actually going to have Angela on the show in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a full interview. It'll be, you know, a lot more time where she can share and open up about more of her story. But. But for people that are in past the buzz now who are either just coming in or they've been watching and listening and and looking for answers for a little bit, what is the one thing that you can tell them? Where should they start? What's important right now?
0: Uh, The most important thing for them to know is that it's okay to ask for help because this is a very complex situation that they're in it's not it's not as simple as just saying don't have a drink you're dealing with a brain function you're dealing with something that your brain is talking to you and there's no shame in it in fact because, you know saying that you don't drink is not anywhere near as like off the subject as it used to be. I don't have any problem now telling people I don't drink. So asking you've for You had help. to
1: build that strength and build that tough skin because I know people, even with food, people are food pushers when you go on a diet, when you try to eat healthy, like when oh, yeah. you say I'm not drinking, it's like, why? What's wrong? Even with coffee, I just poured some coffee. Like if you say you don't drink coffee, people go, what? what? Right? You're different than them. And that can be real sensitive when you're just starting making a big change
0: it is it is and you want to hide it I wanted to hide it to everybody because I felt like I was broken but that's it is like it it's to let people know that they are not alone and to ask for help it's okay to ask for help because people like me have been through it and we can help we can we can explain to you why you're feeling the things you're feeling and there's no shame in it so yeah um that's my goal is to tell that to as many people as I can. <laughs>
1: yeah, and just leaning into the people that have done it before you, that have figured it out, and and we're not saying like nobody's perfect, and like you treat yourself, I'm sure, because this is a, a big uh, message in sobriety is you treat it like it's still happening, right? You still protect yourself, protect your Absolutely. energy, and and that. So nobody just makes it, and they're there, and so yeah. everybody's still along on their own journey, and. In when you can lean into that and see and build your belief that it's possible, you can go after it, right?
0: Absolutely. Being sober is a, a wonderful way of life and anybody can do it. It's not impossible. Even if it feels impossible, it's not.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you for being here. And I look forward to having you on the show in a couple of weeks and we'll do this and dive in some more and and let everybody else know the rest of your story. So I look forward to that. Thank you,
0: Angela. Me too, Emily. Thank you.